still small voice and respond to that still small voice, right? He desires to work that, right? But we have to cooperate with him. It takes, our, it takes my obedience. He, he can't operate the character of God out of my life if I, if I disobey or if I, don't, if I don't cooperate with him. God gave me a free will. He's not going to force himself on you, Adam. He's not going to force himself on me. He'll allow you to do whatever he want, whatever you want to do, but he's speaking the whole time saying, don't do this, don't go there, say this, say that, go to this person, give this person this thing, do this thing. Just like he just spoke to me a while ago when I was on my knees in the floor and said, you got to get up and say this. And then he had me say something else about it because that wasn't good enough, right? But we've got to respond at those times. You know how hard it is to stand up in front of a group of people and say, hey, one of y'all in here needs to do this. God said so. You realize how hard that is to do? I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't make those things up so that I can do that. But we have to respond. We have to cooperate. He, it, it takes our obedience to him and to his word, right? We have to live, according, live our life according to the word of God and what the Holy Ghost and fire tells me to do. Can you imagine what our life would look like if we just do those couple things, right? Am I hindering the power of God in my life, though? Ask yourself that today. Look at yourself today in that. If I'm not living my life according to him, right? But according, I have to be living according to what the Holy Ghost and the Word says. I will go places. If I'm doing that, I, I, I'll, if I'm not doing that, I'll go places that he never told me to go. I'll be involved in things that he never told me to do. Anybody ever been guilty of that? We're going places, we're doing things, we're hanging out with people that he never told me to. We're saying things that he never told me to, right? We're doing things he never told us to. Maybe we're dating somebody that he didn't tell us to. Maybe we're hanging out with people, right? With people that God never said it was all right to hang out with. Amen? Amen. Maybe we're just talking to him at work with people God never told us. They will influence you. They will influence you. There will be an influence. I'll talk to you after church, Amy. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Right? If we're not, I'm still talking about following the leading of the Holy Ghost all the time. Following him all the time. He's speaking all the time. Why wouldn't I be following him all the time? Amen? We end up grieving the Spirit when we're not following after what he says. We'll grieve the Spirit. And nothing's going to work spirits in our lives when we're grieving the Spirit. Right. Yet we're saying, I want to be a part of this big, powerful church. I want to see God move in my life. I want to be able to heal people. I want to be able to raise people from the dead. All these things that we say we want to, we want to see, we want to experience... Maybe I don't want to do it, but I want to see Brother Adam do it, right? Because I'm not bold enough to do those things. Some of us feel that way, too. But we want to be a part of those things while we're grieving the Spirit. Nothing's ever going to work while we're grieving the Spirit. Our spiritual lives aren't going to work, right? The Holy Ghost lives in you. Does he see you sin? Does he see you rebel when he says, do this, and we don't do it? Or when he says, go there? And we don't do it. When he says, do this for this person, and we're standoffish about it. When he says, say that, and we refuse to say it. Or when he tells us, don't say those words, that's not right for you. And we go ahead and blurt them out anyway. Amen? Amen? If we remember that he lives inside of us, we'd clean our act up. We'd look different. We'd talk different. We'd go different places, right? First Thessalonians 5 and 19 says, do not quench the spirit. If, if you weren't able to quench the Spirit, he wouldn't tell us don't quench the Spirit. This means that it, it's possible to quench the Spirit, right? Do you know that one person can come into the service and quench the Spirit? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. 
if they can quench the spirit in this whole service, or if I can quench the spirit in this whole service, what would it be like in my life if I just spent time quenching him all the time? Think about that. I knew this would be a quiet, a quiet message, and um, it really spoke to me first. It got me thinking about things, right? This word to quench in the Greek means to extinguish, to quench. We wonder why we don't have a fire, church. To extinguish, to quench of fire or things on fire, to be quenched, to go out, to quench, to suppress, to stifle of divine influence. Right? We're quenching the fire that he has. He's speaking and he's speaking and he's speaking and he's speaking and I just override him. And I do whatever it is that I want to do and I go wherever I want to go and I watch whatever movies I want to watch. Right? I heard one pastor preach about this, and he was talking about when you're watching a, a, a dirty show or something with bad language or whatever it may be. And, and it, if it's not of the kingdom of God, if it's not a, a wholesome movie, that you're getting an infusion from hell. Right? I can go wherever I want to go and do whatever I want to do. Pretty soon I don't hear that little still small voice anymore. Anybody ever experienced that? Pretty soon I, I've extinguished it. I've quenched it. He just stops talking because I'm not listening anyway. When's the last time we've heard from the Spirit? When's the last time we followed His leading? It should be a full-time job. Now, now I talked to somebody about this this week, too. When you're thinking you're hearing from a Spirit, make sure it's the right Spirit. The Bible says test all spirits, right? It's got to line up with the Word of God. If I hear something in my Spirit, it, it better line up with the Word of God. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, then I'm not listening to the right Spirit. Amen? The spirit that I'm talking about listening to has to be the word of God, right? And in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 20, it says, abstain from every evil or every form of evil. Now, if you go back and read this, and you should read, read uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he's talking about in this, when he's saying, when he's talking about not quenching the spirit and abstaining from every sort of evil, he's talking about lying. He's talking about any kind of evil thing, any kind of sin that we could commit. He's saying stay away from these things because when we're, when we're involved in lying, even if we think it's a little white life, it won't hurt anybody. If it's a half-truth, I'm quenching the spirit, right? If I'm gossiping about my pastor, I'm quenching the spirit, right? If I'm doing the things I shouldn't be doing, if, when I'm watching this show on TV that has things in it that aren't biblical, I'm quenching the spirit. You think he wants to watch that junk? And he lives inside of me. He hears the things that are coming in through my ears and eyes. He sees. Yet we want to be a powerhouse. Think about this, church. In Ephesians 4 and 30, it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed. I want to look at both those words, grieve and sealed. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. This word grieve in the Greek means to make sorrowful. When he gave this to me this week and I thought that I made the Holy Ghost sorrowful, you know how humbling that is? Think about it. Think about the last time you grieved the Spirit. Don't be holier than thou and say, I'm above that. I'd never grieve the Spirit. Because we've done it. You've done it. I've done it. It makes me shameful to think of it. It's very humbling to think about how I've grieved the Spirit, right? It says to affect, in the Greek still, to affect with sadness. I cause him to be sad when I don't follow his leading. When I'm not in the word, applying it to my life all the time. It goes on to say, cause grief, to throw into sorrow, to grieve, offend, to make one uneasy. The God of the universe, I'm making uneasy. How does that feel? 
it made me feel about this tall. It made me feel like I get it turned around, I got to get it corrected. And this word seal, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, this word sealed, it's long in the Greek, but let's read it. To set a seal upon. This made me think about when Rene Moore was talking about sealing the Christians on their head. Remember that the 144 had the seal of God on their head? It's in Revelations. To set a seal upon, a mark with, with a seal, to seal for security from Satan. The Holy Ghost is here to secure us from Satan. Let's read on. Since things sealed up, if we'll follow him, we've got to follow him though. We've got to do what he's telling us to do. Do you know it's possible to never make another mistake through the rest of our lives? The Holy Ghost don't make mistakes. He knows the end from the beginning. He gets his information directly from God. Yet I want to override his influence. Amen? I want to override his influence. I want to go outside of his word to get my help, to, to make my, my decisions, my financial decisions, maybe business decisions, maybe health decisions, maybe my relationship decisions. We want to go outside of his word because we know better. Well, Pastor, have you seen her in a pair of jeans? She sure is cute. That's what I said about Brenda when I first seen her. She had these gray dress pants. She sure is cute. We weren't unequally yoked, though. We were both backslidden, right? But we've got, we've got to go to the Spirit for these things. He goes on to say in this word, since things, the word sealed, since things sealed up are concealed as the, as the contents of a letter, he, he puts us in this hedge of protection. But we've got to follow him, right? Hide, to keep in silence, to keep secret, in order to mark a person or a thing, to set a mark upon by the impress of a seal or a stamp. Angels are said to be sealed by God in order to pr prove, confirm, or attest a thing. I'm reading you all this because it gets good at the end. To confirm, authenticate, right? If God is showing through our lives, he can authenticate that we're real, show me the fruit. That's what he's saying here, to authenticate, to show the fruit, right? Authenticate, place beyond doubt. I want it to be beyond a doubt that I'm a Christian, that I'm a follower of Christ, right? That I'm a follower. How do we follow Christ? By following after the Spirit. Jesus left and sent the Comforter. He sent the Helper to help us to follow after him. He leads us and guides us all the time. He speaks to us through our spirit, right? We, we, we need to remove all doubt that we're Christians and just follow him. It's that simple, just follow him. If we'd follow him, we'd never grieve him. Amen? It's when we're disobedient that we grieve him. Beyond all doubt, a written document to prove one's testimony. This is the last meaning of, of that word sealed. To prove one's testimony to a person that he is what he professes to be. That's what the Holy Ghost does to us. He proves my testimony. How? By following him. He's always speaking. If I'm listening, if I'm doing what he says... He'll speak, right? And have you ever noticed that when you get into a time of your life when he's speaking and I'm listening and I'm doing it and I'm listening and I'm doing it and I'm listening and I'm doing it, I can hear his voice a lot more clearly. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But when I get to the time of my life, whenever I'm just being disobedient, I'm doing whatever I want and I'm making my own plans and I'm doing my own thing and I'm figuring it out on my own, I can hardly hear him if I hear him at all. Church, I'm afraid that's where I might be living at for him to give me this message. We talk about power in the church, in the body of Christ. We talk about power in our lives. We talk about revival. How can we have revival if we can't even follow up in the Spirit? How could we? How can we have power in our lives when we're quenching the Spirit? 
We're putting out the flame and the fire that he wants to have raging inside of us. We're putting it out. That power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Ghost has that. He, he, he is the power. You notice when, when, when in the beginning he was hovering over the waters, he was the one that put, put the rubber to the road. He's the one that, that, where the power is at, where, where the power lies, where the work's done from. We want to see healings, yet we quench his spirit. Amen? We're disobedient. Ephesians, this word in Ephesians 4 and 30, um, it denotes the emotions, or, or this word grief. First off, let me talk about this. How would you grieve the Holy Spirit? By ignoring his presence and inner voice or leading. That's the biggest way we do it right there. He says something and I say, well, I think I'll do that. I think I'll go ahead and go over here because I'm pretty sure I can make some money at that. Or he's really cute and I'd really like to date him, so I'm going to do that anyway. I can get him saved, surely. Right? If Jesus can't save him, neither can you. By being unwholesome in conversation or living, we quench the spirit, right? By, here's one right here, by having a hurtful, violent emotions, attitude, or behavior. Oh, my, my. That hits home, doesn't it? My mouth can get away with, from me in a half a second. Amen? And when I do, I quench the spirit. You ever heard from the spirit when you're flying off at the handle? Well, maybe once or twice he says, hey, stop that. And sometimes you can say, I just want to be mad for a while. Or you can turn right back around and apologize. Amen? We got to get, this is where the rubber meets the road, my pastor would say. We've got to get this corrected first. This is the foundation. Church, if we can't follow after the spirit and after his word, we might as well pack it up and go home. We're wasting our time. If we can't get into this full time, into our relationship with God, into following after him, if we can't get into that full time, we might as well quit. And I don't want to be a quitter, and I don't want you to be a quitter, but think about it. What good is it? What good is this whole Christianity thing if we can't even do the, the, the foundation of it? You know, we got to be saved, and then we got to follow after him. Isn't that what he said? Follow his word. You can hear the word, and you can hear the word, and you can hear the word, but you're deceived if you're not doing it. This word grief denotes emotions betrayed by a spouse, or, or emotions of a betrayed spouse. This made me think about, I read this in a study Bible, this made me think about Hosea and Gomer. God sent Hosea to marry Gomer, a prostitute. She continued to have kids with other men. She continued to live with other men, to stay with other men. He would even take her food over. But, but can you imagine the betrayal and how it would feel? It would put the fire out, wouldn't it? If my wife started going over and seeing other men, it would put the fire out. It would extinguish it, right? It would quench that flame. This is the picture he's trying to give to us. This is how we're living. We keep going back to the world. He's trying to lead us. He's doing his best to guide us. He's speaking to us. Yet we continue to quench that flame. Remember this. He's the one that got you saved. He's the one that delivered you. He's the one that corrects you. He's the one that's blessed you. But we forget this so many times. We forget where he's brought us from. And we think that we're good enough. We've arrived. We'll, we'll be fine right here because I'm not back there where I used to be, right? Where he brought us from. And then after all that... We ignore him. We overstep his leading. 
and we discount his word. Just like Brother Adam was talking about this morning. The word says this, yet we compromise. Right? We know it's from God. We know, we know every word in that book is true. Every word of it's true. Yet we'll compromise. We'll discount that word for what the world thinks, or what the government thinks, or what I think. For what I believe is best for me sometimes, right? Am I hindering God's power in my life? I knew this was going to be quiet today. Am I hindering God's power in my life? What about submitting in every aspect of my life to him? Just like the word that he gave me for somebody else this morning. You're praying, you're wanting to do something, there's something you want to accomplish. But have you submitted it all to him? Have I submitted it all to him, right? Well, pastor, I'm not really interested in all that. I, I, I don't believe that I have to do all that. I can just come to church on Sundays and everything's going to be fine. And maybe I can make it every few weeks or maybe every once in a while I can even come in on Wednesday and I think that's going to be all right, right? I don't have to submit all the way, Pastor, because I'm not a bad person. I don't, I don't really do anything wrong. I'm pretty good. You know, God's brought me a long ways. I don't, I don't really have to submit all the way, right? The Word says I have to assemble. How important is that really? I, I can be a Christian and stay at home. I don't really need to assemble. I, 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 I don't believe I really need to pay my tithe. You know, God's word says it, but I don't think that's really for me, is it? Right? Do I really have to save sex for marriage, Pastor? Is that, is that really a thing? Do I really need to do that? Do I really need to be equally yoked? Is that, is that really that important? Think about it. But we compromise God's word all the time. Am I hindering God's power in my life? Am I hindering God's power in my life? Just, just look at, at, at ourselves today. A self-examination. I'm not trying to beat you up. I already had to come and lay on my face over this, right? When we sit under the word, but we don't respond, we grieve the spirit. We do. We grieve the spirit. If you want to have God's power in your life, it don't happen because we have... We, we get it running around the church. It doesn't happen because we have a tent out in the yard. It's not how we get God's power in our life. It's great to have those things, right? It's not because we have a big blowout service and everybody is laid out like cordwood across the front of the church. We've got to wait for people to get up to have more people come down and be slain in the spirit. That's not where it comes from, right? It happens because you obey, you obey God's word and you obey God's spirit every day of your life. It's an ongoing thing. We make mistakes. We repent. We get back up. I used to say this all the time. There's no, there's no shame in falling down. The shame is if you don't get back up. You got to get back up. You got to repent and live for him every day. That's where the power comes from. Can you imagine if just this group of people, we're down in number today, but just us right here. Say not everybody's going to do it, but just half of us. If half of us would begin to live for God every day. We begin to follow after his spirit. We begin to get in his word and learn what it says and begin to apply his word to our life. This church would become a powerhouse. Can anybody disagree with that? We've got to get away from hindering, hindering him, though, right? Obedience is what empowers your life. It's obedience to him. We want a spectacular all the time. We, we, we want Renee Moore. We want Pastor Leonard. We want, we want those things all the time, right? We don't realize... We're living in the supernatural all the time. Every time when we're hearing the word. When you come in and you're hearing the word, it imparts something in you. Every time that supernatural, he imparts things into us all the time. Continuously. 
But church, we got to be obedient. we got to follow after him. We can't just continue to, to come in and hear these supernatural things and, and then walk on and do whatever it is that we want to do and not pay much attention to them five or six days a week, right? And then come in so worn out that we, don't, we can't even think straight when we get here. Amen? We should be a joyous bunch. We should have peace and joy and victory and hope, not wore out and tired and beat up. That's not what Jesus paid for. If you're wore out and tired and beat up, we're not following after him. <clears throat> What's God speaking to you today? Don't say it out loud. What's God speaking to you today? What's God laid upon your heart just since I've been speaking? I know it's not been a big, exciting, snorting, screaming type of message. But what's God put in front of you today? Now ask yourself this. Will you quench it? He showed you something. Will you quench it? Will you quench him? Will you put that fire out that he said, fix this? Repair that part. Get this straight. Stop going around them. Do this differently. Amen? Will we quench that today? Or am I hindering God's power in my life? His power is the ability to change the situation. You see, we pray all the time, and we want the situation changed. We want healings. We want, we want power. We want blessings. We want all the, the power of God moving in my life, that is the ability to change the situation. It's because of his power. It changed Jesus' situation, right? He was dead, laid up in a tomb, and it changed his situation. It's up to you today. It's up to you today. Will we continue to quench the spirit? Will we begin to continue to overstep our bounds? Or will we confess to this today? Could we all pray where we're at, in the chairs, at the altars? I don't care how it is. I know God's laid something on every person's heart. He laid it on me first. Could we just, Kylie, do you not turn the iPod on? Can you play us a song, please? Could we just take a moment and pray? Let's repent of whatever it is that God gave you today. I don't know what it is. I know what it was he gave to me. Whatever he gave to you, take this time to repent of it. Take this time to make a commitment with God. And don't walk out of here and take it with you.